Hi, and welcome to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Please join us as we explore how you can enjoy a happier life and a fulfilling career, things that aren't always that easy in our modern world. We'll be taking a look to how you can explore well-being both inside and outside the workplace, how to prevent burnout, how to achieve true happiness in work and life, and so much more. So stick around. everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. I am here today with the amazing Dr. Jenny Brockus and today we're going to talk about something that is quite dear to our hearts in celebration of the International Week of Happiness at Work which is 20th till the 26th of September this year. We're going to talk about our journey of how we got into happiness a little bit about why we think it's important and leave you with some tips that you can practice this week and going forwards. So Sarah, you can kick off here if you like. Um, What first got you into the happiness space? Why did you choose to leave what you were doing before? Yeah, so my journey, and we may have talked about this a little bit before, but I'll give it in full. My journey was an interesting one. So I went from a cancer charity many years ago now that, you know, has purpose and drive and is, you know, curing cancer. There is nothing, I think, more important um, uh, to the, I guess, the world of health at the moment. Um, One in two of us now will be diagnosed with cancer. So, you know, talk about purpose with a capital P. And I worked in this amazing place that did insanely amazing research and did such wonderful work. But the area I worked in didn't, I didn't feel connected. It didn't kind of give me that oomph that I expected from from that space. Um, And at the time, um, you know, I was young, we had mortgages and babies to take care of. So I went looking for other work that paid a little bit better. Um, Because that was what was needed at the time. And I got a job in customer service for a company that makes cat flaps or cat doors. Uh, Because I think in Australia, uh, cat flaps make people giggle a little bit. (laughs) We have cat flaps here and dog flaps. And dog flaps. Exactly. Exactly. So I arrived at this small startup and... Then my life changed. I was part, I became part of something bigger than myself, as we were talking about earlier. And it was like coming to work with my best friends every day. Mm. Work was effortless. We were so successful. We had crazy growth. We hired the most amazing people. Um, And it was like coming to work with my best friends every day. And it was it felt like the Midas touch. Everything I we touched, and not just me, everything we touched turned to turned to gold was good, you know. Wow. Um, exactly. And the juxtaposition of leaving cancer charity and going to cat flaps and having that, that's what made me go, bing, what is going on here? Right. And it wasn't just, it was great customer service, it was, you know, financial growth. It was productivity. It was award win. You know, every business metric was improved. Oh. 
And in that year, Tony Shea wrote Delivering Happiness. And because I'd come in, in this customer service world, I read Delivering Happiness and I went, and then I was introduced from that to Henry Stewart, Happy Limited, read his book, Ricardo Semler, you know, the how of how. And, and then my journey. And I, and I got to build and test all of the things I was learning about happiness at work and build a team and a company culture based on those things. And so that is, I guess that's the kind of the, the backstory. Yeah. And everything was everything was better when you did that at work. And I knew that and I felt it. And I, even when I talk about it, I can feel that energy again. I know what that feels like. Right. Um, and basically I just want that for everyone because everything is easier. In fact, if you go back to working in a place that doesn't feel like that, you're going, but this is harder and we're less successful. What, why, why are you doing this? (laughs) You know, so this is crazy. Yes. When you've lived that life, it's that that whole like once I've seen, you know, uh, once you've been there, you you mm-hmm. can't unsee it. And then like you, I went uh, 2018, I went to Denmark, trained with Alex Carroll and I someone came up to me. I'd been speaking about the link between happiness and customer service for a long time. Someone came up to me after one of my talks, after I trained with Denmark and uh, with, with Alex in Denmark and said, gosh, we really wish you could just come into our business and tell our tell our you know teams and leaders about that and I just went you know what I can do that and I went home <laughs> and I started I registered a business and I wrote a website brilliant and the rest as they say is history <laughs> yeah wonderful so wonderful and I think what's so good is that because you had that obvious contrast of knowing what it was like when there wasn't the happiness at work around you. And, I mean, if you've always gone to the same place, you've got nothing to compare it to, have you? But you you made the switch and then it was like, you know, straight between the eyes, um, this is so different, so much better. And um, even though the first place was all about the purpose thing and yet it didn't, meet your expectations around what that could look or feel like and that's that's so sad um but it's but it's not uncommon particularly I find in those type of organizations the very ones that you you expect to be set up because in that way because they're attracting people who want to be that contributor to something really big and important and bigger than they are and yet the, the people side of it falls over and you just think, oh, no, don't do something different. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I've shared my story before, but um, basically, you know, I've been trained to be a doctor. I had had the opportunity to set up my own business, which is fantastic. And I worked really hard and over the years built it up to be something that was really something I felt very proud of. However, my personality, which is you know, high achiever, perfectionist, doesn't know when to let go, workaholic, dink, 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 um, always putting everything else first um, and not including myself in the mix, then fall foul, fell foul of burnout. And it wasn't until that point where I was made to face my reality that I started to get a sense of, you know what, I was working so terribly hard 
but I wasn't happy. Even though I was proud of what I'd achieved and um, I always did my very best to make sure I looked after everybody to the best of my ability, I was stressed out, really anxious. Um, And that's not a good place to be. And although I recovered from the burnout, I knew that because of the way I'm made, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if I went back into general practice and I was invited back by many different people because they said, oh, Jenny, you're such a great doctor. Please come work with us. And I, I resisted. I said, I'm, I would love to, but I'm not going to because I knew yeah. that I would be at risk of going through exactly the same experience again. And I didn't want to put that on myself or my family because I just thought it wasn't fair. And so it was about sort of trying to reimagine what I could do differently with my skill set. And I, I started reaching out to all sorts of different things and tried a few which didn't work. And for some reason, I signed up to go to a conference in London Yay. on trust. <laughs> and the, the lead, the draw card was Bob Geldorf. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I get to see Sir Bob in person. Cool. <laughs> I so, will be there. <laughs> um, I, I combined it as a, a work home trip because I have family in the UK. So I rocked up to this conference and Bob Geldof was amazing. He, he sort of ambled onto the stage with his notes. Um, he looked like he'd been dragged through the edge backwards and he had a coffee cup in one hand, notes in the other, and he just tossed the notes to one side and said, I wrote a speech, but I'm not going to talk about that. And I thought, like your style, Bob, like it. <laughs> but then he gave this heartfelt talk, which was brilliant, all about the importance of trust. And I sat there thinking, yeah. I so get this and the importance of trust and relationships. And the other amazing thing at that conference was this beautiful lady. I can't remember her name now, but she worked at Zappos. Mm. And she shared her story of what had attracted her to go and work for Zappos and the culture that they had um, developed, which I was blown away by because I had never heard of anything quite so amazing in my life. And I thought, there's something here. There's something really special about their approach. Bob's talk about trust, and I was still trying to put it all together. And then in my other forays into what am I going to do and how can I serve people to, to keep them safe from burnout and mental mood disorders and all the rest of it, I'd started stalking this guy called Alex Gehulf in Copenhagen, <laughs> And I read all his blogs and his articles and his books. And I thought, wow, he's such an interesting guy. And then I saw he did these academies in Copenhagen. So, haha, another reason to go back to visit my family in the UK, this time going via Copenhagen to train as a, a happiness officer. And those three days changed my life. Yeah. They really did. I came away feeling, uh, I, I think I had changed a lot. I, I felt stronger in myself. I had a much clearer idea of what it was I wanted to do and the type of work I wanted to be involved with. But I think the goal for me was not just meeting Alex, but also the like-minded people like yourself. Yes, yeah. Where you were sharing your ideas, what you were involved in, what you have been doing. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, this is a global movement. We can change the world for the better. Yeah. 
like putting in place and sharing what's possible. Because I think sometimes when people are stuck in those places of work, which are miserable and they haven't had the opportunity to experience how good it is when you really look forward to going to work because you're going to hang out with your friends because mm-hmm. that's how you see them and do great work together. What a difference it makes to everybody. Uh, I thought, no, this is it. This is it. There is so much we can do for ourselves. And so that's that's really what got me into the happiness at work piece. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's such a beautiful. This, this literally made me tear up a little bit, Jenny. <laughs> because it is. It's that... It's that recognition that our intuition about how we were working that never felt quite right. You know, there was always something that didn't land or didn't, mm-hmm. or, or when you had those moments prior to having the language to discuss it, where you were like, yes. that yes. was such a great thing, you know, yeah. and it was, it was giving you the language and the ability to have that conversation and to really just, for me, stick my flag in the ground and say no it's about creating happiness in your work life and that this is where the magic happens and I can only just I've tried to find scientific things to describe it but the best I can come up with is it's magic it is When you do this thing when you do it properly not when you pay it lip service you know when you do it properly the outcomes are all the things that we as individuals want, that organizations want, that communities want, and actually kind of what the world wants and needs. And um, yeah, this year I was really, and again, I think I've said this before because I'm so passionate about it. There's this woman, Anthea Ong from Singapore, um, asked this question, which I have paraphrased and used multiple times, but I'll try to be true to what she said. And her question was, imagine if the workplace was somewhere you went to get filled up where it didn't drain you, you know, where you didn't go and give all of yourself and get nothing back. So imagine it's a place Mm -hmm. where you are filled up with positive energy and that spills over into your personal life, into your home life, into your community life and the world around you. And I think that's, 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 that's a wonderful way of looking at it. It's (laughs) just so true. Um, yeah. We tend to sort of compartmentalize our work life and our home life and every, you know the other facets. But but the reality is we spend a lot of our life at work. And okay. if you can go to that place and look forward to it and feel nurtured by it and feel happy there, it it, it ripples out into every other facet of our life. So when you're happier at work, you're also happier in your home life and in your relationships with those that mean the most to you and your friendships and everything else and, and vice versa. So when you're happier at home, you also tend to be finding it easier to make those positive changes that bring you greater sense of um, reward um, when, when you're in the workplace as well. So it's, it's a win-win. Uh, and, and I couldn't agree more. You know, if I always say if the world was happier overall and especially if we could manifest greater happiness at work if we could raise the overall global level of kindness and compassion by Mm -hmm. even a couple of percent what difference would that make to everybody because even if you're a really miserable person (laughs) who doesn't get (laughs) happiness at work and And want to and that's okay (laughs) 
Each to their own. It's okay. I think even they would be impacted in a in a way that would lift them up to Mm -hmm. to a certain degree as well. Because because it is a collective effect. And I think the 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 beauty of you know going in as a happiness officer and teaching other people is you're sharing your ideas and 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 examples of what's been shown to work, you know, from the yes. research and the science and the lived yep. experience. And then everybody has the opportunity to come together and try it out in that safe place. And yeah. then everybody goes, well, you know what, this is really good. Let's keep going. And so it, it gains momentum because the more you practice it, the stronger it gets. And you just want to keep on doing it and, and growing it even more. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a something that so- takes off. Self-perpetuating. Yeah, self-fulfilling yes. prophecy, right? And it's, I I think what you said about the science and the, you know, that's one of the, the reasons I was so excited for us to start this podcast is, you know, I've got the lived experience, but I have my very own GP to go, Jenny, why? <laughs> Jenny, how? Jenny, what? <laughs> but, you know, all yeah. the science, all the research, all the things we're, we're generally talking about week after week in our podcast, you know, the gratitude. Yeah and the um you know mindfulness and the taking the break all those mm-hmm. things are, are pieces of you know creating this better world. and that's really what it's about right it's about making that progress towards a better world for ourselves and for the yeah. people we love and i think um, and i think it's a realistic thing as well yeah. it's not it's not sort yeah. of yeah i'm um, sugarcoating it um, no. and making it sort of oh this is perfect life's not like that this is realistic um, optimism, if you like, and yeah. and putting those things in place to support us at any point in time, yes. because you know we're living at a time of a global pandemic, and that's come with its own challenges. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you stop necessarily seeking those things that make you feel better and do provide you with that level of happiness. We sometimes have to dig a bit deeper and work a bit harder, but that's okay because we expect to. And um, I think, you know, I think a lot of people have said to me, well, they have over the last few months, that recognising the good that can come out of just taking that step back to reflect on what is going to make the best, biggest difference now for my team, for my other colleagues, to help us feel like we're managing all right. And I see some beautiful things being done, you know, where instead of just having a work meeting, um, they have half an hour virtually quite often or sometimes face-to-face where you just talk about stuff, the world, whatever, just to say how you're going and just be human just for that little time. And I think it's just that social support as much as anything makes such a difference. and I'm sure you've seen this in, in many places as well. But I think people are definitely seeking ways to practice reaching out, connecting more deeply, more meaningfully, and, um, yeah, just showing each other kindness and compassion at a higher level. It's good. Oh, my goodness. I love this. You've just summed it up so beautifully, Jenny, and that's, you know, that's what we all need, you know, the way that yeah. we will heal and move forward from this is by having that compassion, by reconnecting with each other, by celebrating those special relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the really great bit is 
for businesses because businesses need to make money and profits and all those things as well. You know, it's not about one or the other. It's not about no, choosing no. the outcomes of creating these workplaces and being, like you said, your whole self and your honest self um, and, and your whole workplace and your honest workplace. You know, it's not about saying things are great when they're not. No. Um, it's not Enron. It's, <laughs> it's not about the words on the wall. <laughs> It's about it's about yes. this real true feelings right and we're just all humans mm-hmm. um so I guess this is our celebration of International Week of Happiness at Work Yay. which was found by some of our wonderful kind of colleagues and partners in this in this mission that we're on yes um so shall we leave people with some ideas you've just you've just had a great one kind of sitting down you know um at my business is actually called happy coffee <laughs> the easiest thing you can do on one yes. I like coffee too is to yes. sit down have a nice cup of coffee or other beverages are available uh, yes. <laughs> and just as you said connect on that human and personal level mm. um I I love that um so what's a have you got another tip I've got a couple of ones written down Jenny but okay. I know that you oh, so I'll- many ideas <laughs> <laughs> one one I will share um which is sort of the same but slightly different, is that, yes, we're reaching out to each other to support each other, but let's support ourselves too. You're so good. Because we need to nurture our own level of happiness. So I think at the moment if you're struggling to keep up with things and finding it's getting a bit on top of you, a little bit of self-compassion, a little bit of self-kindness, cut yourself some slack and say, I'm doing the best I can in the circumstances, and that is enough. That is more than enough. And so you are being gentle with yourself. You're not giving yourself an excuse. You're just being gentle with yourself because you know that when you do that, it's calming. It gets rid of all that stress that otherwise builds up. And that's what enables you to feel better. And as soon as you feel better about things, you feel more confident. And when you're more confident, you're more capable. And when you're capable, you're coping with everything. So it's building up that positive loop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I love what you said, because it it makes you go from this kind of tunnel vision, Mm. seeing possibility again, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love that. That's a great, great one. And you're so good at that. Uh, reminding everyone as as a GP, I am so not surprised, but you're so good at reminding us all to actually take care of ourselves, which is yes. so critical. Yes. Um, one of my other favorites you can do is a Tada list. So, you know, when we we talk about the training that we did in Denmark, the principles of that are based on kind of doing great work together with great people. So meaningful results, meaningful relationships. And on that results side of things, knowing that we've made progress is really important and sometimes we get so stuck up with the list of things that we have yet to do you know forever yes. and ever <laughs> that we forget to see all the stuff we've actually achieved yes. and I do this ooh, I would say like nine days out of ten <laughs> I just look at my to-do list <laughs> but a to-do list is an amazing when you've achieved something when you've done something write it down and then reflect on it and actually when you do that, when you celebrate those small wins and those those progress bits that you're making, what you find is that you activate all those positive benefits. It's kind of magic. Again, yeah. um, that's one of my favorite, like really simple. So if you've got a to-do list on your desk, cross out to-do, 
scribble in ta-da and see what you've achieved. Yes. <laughs> you can sing exactly. it if you want to. Why oh, not? I like that. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can do tadas for each other as well. So calling oh, out the good. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's such a, a nice way of sharing that the acknowledgement that you've seen somebody else do something amazing or really helpful or good, or they've stepped out beyond and yeah, done something really astounding. So calling out the good, showing yeah. your appreciation. It. And yeah. it doesn't have to be anything huge. I mean, just, just telling somebody, thank you so much for doing that. That was so kind or so whatever. Mm. People feel valued and appreciated. And when when that happens, it makes us feel all sort of warm and fuzzy inside. But so so do you as the sharer of that appreciation. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win again for everybody. And what, what will tend to happen then is it's a feed-it-forward situation. So the person who feels acknowledged and appreciated um, for what they've done then starts to look up and out and sees what other people are doing. And you start to get this filter effect where everybody's saying, oh, you know what? So-and-so did this amazing thing. And, oh, Jeff over there did that. And, oh, um, Tina over here did this. And all of a sudden, you've got all these you know, little, little notelets of appreciation going out and everybody is feeling better as a result. So, yeah, I love that. Love it. I love it. And actually, when you say that, it made me think, of times when, when you have genuine, genuine praise, obviously this has, yeah, to, it has be to be genuine. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, Cause we've all heard, you know, does a great job. That doesn't mean, mm. but when I've seen this, where you praise someone specifically on something and quite often what happens is they then go, Oh, I didn't do this alone. And they're, they're sharing the kudos. Whereas yes. if we don't have that recognition piece in there, the, the trigger, my sense is that people might just see that that person delivered the work and not, again, like always, not all those other people who kind of help us and lift us up and do those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, that's my next, my next tip is in terms oh. of purpose. Because I worked in customer service and like frontline staff stuff, which, you know, call center work. So really stuff that on paper, once again, doesn't feel purposeful, right? But purpose can have a big P like the cancer charity I work for, or I think it can have a little P. Um, and to, when you look at the purpose, you know, when we look at how we help other people or how we contribute, um, again, my like my ta-da list, it's another list, but just make a list of the people who what you do helps. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Right. And then you can connect. Actually, if you're not feeling like your job is super helpful or you're not feeling connected to your job, how do you fit in? And it comes back to that, the NASA, you know, the janitor at NASA, when asked what his job was, he said, I send people to the moon. Right. So when, when you can see how, what you do matters and when you can connect yourself to other people helping, supporting, whatever it is that that your role is doing. And I would say, I can't think of a job that doesn't have, you know, no one's doing something just completely in isolation and never having any impact, right? Mm. So there's always people that, or people, things, systems, et cetera, that you're helping. So that's it for me, that's a really good way. Maybe if you don't work in the most purposeful company, 
Yes. But you can find your own purpose, your own work purpose. Yes. And that's such a powerful thing to do because sometimes you might recognize that you're not in the most supportive of environments, but if you're finding purpose for it yourself, it, it doesn't matter so much, does it? Because not everybody has the option to switch jobs. Sometimes you're in a position and you know that, you know, finding another job would be really tricky. And so you're you're holding on because you need to have food on the table. So you do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think my last tip would be um, along similar lines is that you can set the intention mm. to choose happiness Love in that, um, you know, how we wake up every morning is <laughs> not necessarily how we play out our day. So if you wake up feeling grumpy, well, <laughs> you can put your grumpy hat on and go into work grumpy and yep. make everybody else feel grumpy or you can wake up and if you are feeling a little bit grumpy, say, okay, what can I do to take that hat off and replace it <laughs> with a happiness hat, which I'm going to be feeling more positive about things. So it's about just choosing to set the intention and say, okay, what have I got on today? X, Y, and Z. All right. What do I have to do to make mm-hmm. sure I kick those goals so I can do the ta at the end, which would be even better, but also to make sure that I'm actually enjoying it along the way. And sometimes we have to do a little bit of a reframe, especially if there's a bit of anxiety or stress around the particular item itself. But as soon as you do that, it makes it much more likely that you are going to achieve X, Y, and Z and do it really well. And then you feel like, yes, I did that. I did it well. I did it with purpose and meaning and I'm grateful for that and I'm feeling happier as a result so we 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 can nudge our happiness level up simply through our choice of what we want to get out of our day yeah where our intention sits I love that I think that's a perfect note to end on um so, so this year for international week of happiness at work we'd love to invite you um to check out the movement join the movement, um, get in touch with Jenny or I if you're interested in how to create more happiness at work. Um, and I guess we'd love to hear in the comments via, via connection, anything like that. What are you going to do to make a little bit more happiness in the world around you? We'll sign off on that and look forward to seeing you again next week. All the best. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. And you can always get involved in the well-being conversation at all of our social links in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe, stay happy, and thrive in whatever you do.